Welcome to the Plant-Centered and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Kitchens. I'm a plant-based registered dietitian and virtual nutrition mentor. I was raised on an Angus cattle farm, grew up with a lot of GI issues, and used the power of plant-based eating to promote healing. Here you'll find inspiration, ideas, and encouragement for your own plant-based journey. I'm so thrilled you're here today. Let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of Plant Centered and Thriving. My name is Ashley, and I'm here with Kata today. And oh boy, do we have an episode for you? <laughs> we have been researching, pulling statistics, pulling trends, plant based food trends for 2022, and we're about to bring them to you all. And we are so pumped. But before we get there, we have a couple exciting announcements and just some. We, we want to be transparent with you and what's going on behind the scenes at Plant Center Nutrition and keep you updated on all the fun things that are happening. One of the most exciting things that happened toward the end of last year in 2021 was Plant Center Nutrition bringing another coach on board and her name is Katie Selvey and she's here with me today as always. <laughs> so excited to be here as always. <laughs> Well, I'm very grateful to have you. Katie and I met, and you probably know this, we met in 2019. She was a former client of mine and she has just an incredible story, an incredible heart. And I am, when I thought of bringing another coach on, I couldn't think of anyone better than Katie. So I'm very, very grateful to have her along my side, coaching other clients um, in plant, under plant-centered nutrition. Absolutely. I was so excited to be a part of the team officially, even though I've been a part of the team kind of behind the scenes. But as soon as Ashley and I started to work together, she just became one of my favorite human beings. So I believe in what she does and what she stands for a thousand percent. And I have been at the beginning of my journey where a lot of you guys are starting right now. Maybe the people that are just starting to join us here, you're just starting to start in your transition. So I've been there, done that, been through it. So I really hope to take that experience as well as, you know, all of my studies about nutrition into, you know, 2022 and to help you along your journey to hopefully kind of pay it forwards. Yay. Yep. You are definitely the woman for the job. I'm so, so happy to have you. Yes. And Katie has been working tire tirelessly behind the scenes for probably like over a year now we've been working together. So it's been pretty fantastic. So Speaking of working together, we have multiple ways that you can work with us and we wanted to go through what that is. And then we're going to get into all the exciting statistics and trends that we pulled for you for 2022. But first one-on-one -on -one coaching, which is what we just talked about. That is one way that you can work with Katie or I, and then we also run a group coaching program that starts this year. January 19th, 2022. And then more than likely we'll run it again later this year. So stay tuned for those details. And we're really excited. The last time we ran a group coaching program, it was so much fun. And the women in there were so incredible. And it was so cool to see everyone come together and support one another. I don't, it was just such an, um, just a marvelous experience. Yes. We are so excited about this group coaching program coming up. So if you guys are out there and you're struggling on your own, a lot of times having that group aspect, that community aspect where you have someone else in your corner, that's kind of going through the same thing. And that extra layer of kind of accountability, especially when you're first starting out can really, really be beneficial, but that's one of the big advantages to the group coaching program. So can't wait to, for that to start. It's going to be so, so much fun. I could not agree more. 
So there's that. And then we also have our positively plant-based course, which you can do at your own pace, wherever you want, from the comfort of your own home, everything is virtual. And I have over 50 plus like mini modules in there of me recording myself with a like PowerPoint type presentation. Um, so that is a wonderful option as well. And then of course you also have the podcast, which we are so grateful that you are listening with us today. So there's that, and you can continue to follow along and get occasional updates from us here. And then also too, you can follow us on social media. You can follow plant centered nutrition and then plant-centered Katie. We are both on Instagram and we're active there. And we would love for you to come on over and say hi and let us know that you came from the podcast. And then we also have the Facebook group, which is plant-centered nutrition. And that group is primarily, I would say, and Katie, I know you post a lot in there as well. You know, we share a lot of recipes in there. If someone has a question, you know, people are pretty quick to respond. So it's just a nice little community. If, if you want that go-to platform that's a bit more private um, and you know that you can ask a question in there without any judgment or any harassment and just get a heartfelt you know, positive kind answer yeah there's so much great advantages again to having that kind of group aspect there's no stupid questions so especially if you're just starting out you can go there and you know that there's going to be like-minded individuals there that maybe some have a little bit more experience. Again, we share recipes and ideas. So, you know, sometimes we'll be talking about the best kitchen equipment. And then sometimes if someone has a kid, they're like, how do we get our kid to eat broccoli? You know, stuff like that. Definitely utilize that as a resource if you want. All right, Katie, you ready to transition into statistics and trends? Yes, I'm ready to nerd out. <laughs> Me too. So everything that we talk about here today, we will have links to those articles in the show notes. So if you want to read more or research more, you are more than welcome to do it. So let's jump right in and let's talk about the first few statistics, Katie. And this first one states that as many as 6% of U.S. consumers say they are vegan. Y'all, that is a 500% increase compared to the just 1% in 2014. And then according to Ipsos, there are currently over 9.7 million American vegans. So wild. Crazy. So if you're out there and you're like, I'm so alone, I know it might feel that way, but there's almost 10 million of us. We're taking Yay! over. <laughs> we are. And then Katie, I know you pulled this one, more than 500,000 participants signed up for Veganuary's 2021 challenge. So last year, 500,000 participants signed up for Veganuary, which is a 25% increase from 2020. Yeah. I just think that a lot of what we're going to talk about today is just the fact that more people are interested and this is becoming so much more normalized than it was just a few short years ago, when you told a group of people that you were plant-based or vegan, you know, they look at you like you have three heads and you're like, oh my God, this is so weird. And now it's so much more mainstream. In 2021, plant-based food sales skyrocketed two and a half times faster than in 2018 to 2020. Wow. So we've all probably heard of Beyond Meat. So Beyond Meat is still currently the world's leading meat substitute product. And the vegan meat sales in the world has grown 72% between 
2018 and 2020. So that is a staggering statistic. You know, the meat industry is definitely taking notice and the food industry in general, that the demand is there. And the more of us that there are, that demand is going to keep going up. And the more, you know, alternatives and choices there are going to be for consumers. So that's so, so exciting. And then this is a big one, the plant-based meat accounted for 2% of the total U.S. meat market in 2018. 2%. And that was in 2018, so I imagine that that has got to be so much more. I can't wait to see see what it is currently. Talking about plant-based milk, the U.S. consumption of plant-based milk increased by 61%, and that was in 2017, while the consumption of cow's milk declined by, by 22%. Y'all, and that was in 2017. And Katie, again, I would love to see eventually when they pull statistics for the last couple of years, what those look like. The most popular plant-based milk is almond milk, which currently holds more than 63% of the alternative milk industry. I actually didn't know that, Katie. Are you an almond milk drinker? I, I definitely am almond milk most of the time, but I love an oat milk. That's probably my next favorite. And then soy milk is probably my third. I mean, there's, there's like pea milk and uh, coconut milk. There's so, there's so many different options for us. And I remember when I first started, it was soy milk and that was it. And it was so gross. And I was like, Oh, I can't drink this. <laughs> now, you know, the taste of the soy milk is so much better. And I a hundred percent so much prefer the taste of all of these alternative milks to regular, regular cow's milk. I think they're sweeter and uh, more delicious and I love them. Yes, <laughs> I agree. And then plant-based milk represents 14% of the American milk category, which that was actually much higher than I was expecting. And I'm sure again, it's going to be even higher now. Or 2% of the plant-based meat to the whole meat industry versus plant-based milk represents 14% of the American milk category. That is so insane to me. You can go to your grocery aisle, you know, Harris Teeter, Lowe's, uh, Food Line, wherever you shop, and you can look at the dairy aisle and definitely see, you know, all of the options. It used to be one option and now there's tons. So I love seeing that 14%. Yay. Yay. Another statistic, a report by market research firm Nielsen shows that a whopping 39%, yeah, I'm going to say that again, 39% of Americans claim that while their diets aren't fully plant-based, they eliminate as much animal related type food products as possible and strive to be like mostly plant-based or even all vegan one day, which I feel like that's, that's so encouraging. And because in you listening, know this, that Katie and I's approach is very, it's not restrictive. It's, it has to feel aligned. However, you're doing plant-based, it needs to feel aligned. So even making small changes, like we're talking about here, just whether you're, even if you're not fully plant-based cutting out some animal related products or adding more plants to your diet, that's a, that's just a phenomenal shift. And it's really exciting. And I think that's, what I want everybody who's listening to take away is that that's what I want to be more normalized is like, not only are these, you know, lifestyle choices, not on the extremes anymore, we want to normalize them. And not only the fact that, and you've probably heard Ashley and I talk about it, we talk about progress, not perfection. Right. And so if you add, if your goal is to add more plants, to your diet, 
that is perfectly fine. That doesn't mean that you have to completely change the rest of what you eat, but adding more plants and having long-term goals is to improve your health and get more plants onto your plate. We are on board for that. So definitely I want that to, to be the takeaway is that it is totally okay to just want to, to the place where you want to start is to just add more plants. And I think that's a perfect way to start rather than thinking about, okay, what is all the stuff that I have to get rid of? Uh, we yes. want to start thinking, how can I, how can I eat that rainbow? How can I add more plants to my plate? And what a, what a way to start the year. Yeah. Yep. hundred percent. And actually listening to how these like 39%, how this population is described, it actually reminds me of my parents and my in-laws who I would say fit into this category by no means are they 100%, you know, plant-based, no animal products, but they do try to be mostly plant-based with some, you know, flexibility here and there. In fact, I, or Nick actually introduced Nick introduced the term flexitarian to his mom. And yeah. I thought it was so funny because this light bulb just went off. She was like, oh yeah, that's me. Cause she's mostly plant-based, but she's also flexible. Um, and I think that fits her lifestyle perfectly. And I think there's so many people out there that are struggling and they're like, well, you know, I'm not good enough or I'm not disciplined enough, or I don't have, you know, it doesn't fit with my culture or my, you know, peer group or my family's not supportive. If you're participating in Meatless Monday, if you are cutting out eggs for breakfast, if you are, you know, mostly plant-based, except when you go out to a restaurant once a month, you know, that is all, it has to work for you. And that's how it's going to be sustainable for you. So again, progress, not perfection. So yep. I love it. 39%. Let's make it, let's make it, uh, 59% next. <laughs> yes. That'd be amazing. Yeah. And to reiterate, I mean, you're right. It's like, it's not this all or nothing mentality. It's again, going, doing what works best for you. Yeah. And then lastly, the statistic, which was also very fascinating. Katie pulled this one the average age for an American vegan is, can you guess, what do you think? It's 22 years old. 22 years old is the average age for an American vegan. And Katie said something when we were researching this and talking about it. So what did you say? It was something like, um, like basically listening to the young people in a way. The young people are always uh, hip to the new trends. So yes, uh, usually if you follow, if you follow those youngsters <laughs> and I feel mentally like I'm 22, I'm not, but <laughs> <laughs> same, but normally the, the younger generations are usually more open and have been around, you know, veganism or going plant-based probably a lot longer than we have. And so uh, maybe didn't grow up with the same kind of mentality that a lot of us did. So they're way more open to new ways of thinking. So Ooh, yes, uh, follow the youngsters most of the time and, and they'll, yep. they'll, show you what, they'll show you what's up. Katie, that's why I'm parting my hair down the middle. You can see it. <laughs> Uh oh, I still got a side part. So yeah, I, I just don't have the head shape for the middle part. <laughs> I think you could do it. All right, Katie, let's transition to plant based predictions in 2020. Oh my gosh. Yes. Okay. Y'all almost said 20. I know it's so weird. In 2022. So 
this is primarily centered around like food predictions for 2022. And one thing that we love about these predictions is that it's just highlighting the fact that there is more demand for plant-based alternatives, which is an amazing thing. So whether you're already plant-based transitioning to plant-based or heck, even if you're not plant-based and you just come across something that looks interesting, like a beyond beef patty, it's, it's incredible how this industry is shifting and adapting and providing more plant-based alternatives because the demand consumers are demanding it and it's being provided. So our first one, and this comes from the beat is something called mycoprotein, which is a protein made from naturally occurring fungus, which I found very fascinating. And maybe you've heard of the brand corn. This is something that they actually use a lot in their products. And the reason it's such a popular fermented fungus, I guess, is because it creates sort of that like whole cuts of meat, like texture. Um, so more companies are turning toward mycoprotein because it's creating like more of this I don't even know how to describe it. I, I, I feel like this is like weird describing it this way, but like, it's like a, like a steak or like a, a brisket, um, something that is kind of meaty and has that sort of texture. So it's cool that something out there like this exists. What's really cool too, is just how incredibly smart people are that they're able to create this type of stuff. I think that's also really fascinating. When we talk about food and what people like. I mean, texture, we, you know, texture is a huge part of it. And so I know that it's a kind of a controversial topic sometimes in the plant-based community is like, why do we want to create, why do we want to eat something that tastes like meat? You know, why don't we want to get away from that completely? And again, the great adv advantage to developing these alternatives is to help people with their transition, to make them feel like they're not missing out and to also help the people that maybe want to go plant-based. Maybe it helps them not feel like they're on the outskirts, you know, that they can enjoy something that gives them the same, you know, texture as a hamburger, but without, you know, without any animal products being a part of it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I am all for helping people with that transition and letting them experience something that tastes very similar, but that is just doesn't have the, the animal product as a part of it. So what's wrong with that? Mm, I like that. And something you said sparked a memory in my mind of how I went to a cookout. This was a while ago when beyond Meat first came out with their, like their patties that you could buy at the grocery store. And I remember going to a cookout and bringing a couple of those for Nick and I, and in a way, like feeling so proud because like my burger looked just like everybody else's, but it wasn't meat. And I just, there's just something about that. I was like, I, I don't know. It was, it was neat. Cause in a way I was, am I putting big quotes around fitting in? I was fitting in with like everyone at the cookout and my, my food didn't like really stand out, which oftentimes it does. So it's kind of refreshing to have that type of experience. Absolutely. And we're, when we're talking about you know, changing behavior. I'm such a behavior nerd. So there's so much psychology involved, especially when you're talking about group dynamics about, you know, everybody wants to be part of a tribe and part of a group and no one wants to stand out, you know, for most of the time they want to just blend in. Right. So this is just a part of, like Ashley said, 
fitting in to just make sure that, you know, you can just enjoy the barbecue just like everybody else, but just with a little tweak. Speaking of more options that are coming towards us. So apparently burgers were like a big thing in 2020, like plant-based burgers. And then chicken, plant-based chicken was a big thing in 2021. And now they're predicting fish. Well, plant-based fish will actually be the big thing in 2022. That plant-based seafood is expected to gain even more like speed and momentum this year, which I thought was really cool. And this also comes from the beat. This makes me very excited (laughs) because I am, I love the ocean and I love snorkeling and I love, I I love my fishies. So I love that there is, because there really hasn't been much focus and the alternatives that are out there now are just really not, they're just not similar at all in my opinion. So I just usually just kind of steer clear of them just for, from a taste perspective, preference perspective. So I'm very excited that the research and development is coming out to put more emphasis on seafood alternatives. Cause I love, I, I used to love seafood. So yeah, I know. We'll see how that goes. I'm excited to see what they come up with. I know that there's some things kind of floating around depending on where you live in the grocery stores these days. And I've actually, I bought one thing. I bought some vegan crab cakes somewhere. Uh, I think it was at Sprouts in North Carolina, but I haven't tried them yet. So I cannot, I can't, I can't say how they taste based on experience, but I have had something at a restaurant before and it was phenomenal. Yeah. Usually as long as I'm not making it, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. (laughs) And talking more about options. So the next two come from the vegetarian times One prediction that they had quoted and talked about, which I also found incredibly fascinating, is that how plant-based alternatives are really expanding down every aisle in the grocery store. So I don't know if you remember this, Katie, but some grocery stores that I used to go to way back when it was like one little section that contained all the plant-based gluten-free quote, you know, health nut type foods. And you just went there and you were done, but now they're saying, no, it's going to actually be in every aisle and alternatives are going to be had for everything from like Cheez-Its to Oreos to like condensed milks and all those great things. I love that. So like, I don't know if you guys, uh, I'm kind of like a, uh, again, a nerd of all things. So I used to love shark Tank. So they would always talk about whenever there's like a new food product, how hard it is to get a new food product onto the shelves, because there's a finite amount of space, right? So if you take over, you know, a part of the food shelf, that means someone else gets kicked out, right? So I love it that our little vegan items are just shoving our way into all of the little spots in the grocery store instead of our one little pitiful corner that we used to have. (laughs) It's true. And I'm sure you've seen this, you listening, you've probably seen this in your grocery store, maybe some changes taking place, whether it's in like the baking section or the cookies or crackers section. Um, It's really cool to see, see what's going on there. And speaking of that as well, transitioning into the next one that they talked about, they also mentioned that there's going to be less separation between the quote, you know, regular foods. So when I say regular, I mean like, you know, a a meat type food and then a plant-based food. So what they were saying is, and what they're likely to see. And I know I've seen this in some stores as well Is like, you'll go to the meat section, but it'll be like plant-based meats too. It's those aren't going to be singled out either. But again, it's back to that psychology. Like if you have you know, a patty that looks just like a meat patty and you have them right next to each other in the grocery store, 
Like that is going to make a lot of people stop and be like, okay, I have two options. They look really similar. And if we can get the demand up, then that cost hopefully can go down where if there's not that cost of factor, you know, what is, there's no choice. Like you would obviously take, you know, go with the plant-based option that may be a little bit better for you. And, you know, there's no animal products in it. So I love that. I love that they're just going to be right next to it. Cause a lot of times if you separate it, you know, some people might skip that section altogether, but if they're right next to each other, people really have to stop and, you know, and make them think. And a lot of times that's all people need is just that extra couple of seconds to think about it and be like, oh, okay, let me try this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. They were saying that the consumer will go, let's say to the, like, the standard American eating the standard American diet will go to like the meat section and look at burgers, but then they're like, oh, well, what's this, you know, plant-based patty or beyond patty. And it might pique their interest to tr- branching out and trying something new. They say it's, it's possible and that they think that's going to happen. So that'd be really exciting. These next two come from vegan food and living. And Katie, one thing we haven't talked about yet is vegan eggs. <laughs> <laughs> So what they're saying here is that in 2022, that we will have even more choice for egg-free creations. So more companies are going to be launching egg-free alternatives. And one thing that I also found really interesting that I read was that uh, Just Egg, which has is pretty popular in the U.S. and Canada, if I remember correctly, um, from clients that have talked to me about it, but also too, they launched last year, I think the end of last year in Europe, which is really awesome. So they're going like worldwide all over the place, which is really exciting. And apparently they are wanting to become the quote, most consumed egg in the world end quote. And I think that's phenomenal. It's good to have gold. (laughs) Isn't it though? (laughs) I love it. And especially with eggs, I think there's a lot more history related to meat, but I think with, if you can provide an egg alternative that tastes the same, I don't think anybody's attached, you know, really attached to a scrambled egg alternative. If it looks the same and tastes the same, you know, why not? So again, it's about providing those options. So I love that there's, because the demand is there, the money is there to do the research to make everything taste better. And if you guys haven't tried a tofu scramble or a just egg scramble, to me, if if you have, you know, the right seasoning, it really tastes the same. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. I have a story about that. I actually made a tofu scramble. This was a couple of years ago for family members. So I was aware of their allergies and all that type of stuff. I made a tofu scramble for family members for breakfast and they had no idea that it was tofu because I seasoned it. It was like the same color because I used a little bit of turmeric powder and it was like the most amazing thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, this is so delicious. Yeah. (laughs) So, and with eggs as well, what they're also saying is that it's very possible that the first plant-based boiled egg will become available later this year. So we'll see if that happens. Very cool. And then last number six, vegan fast food. So this, and again, this is in response to consumer demand is that in November of 2021. So last year, November, 2021, McDonald's began a trial run of what's called the McPlant. And the the McPlant is like a beyond meat patty. And then it has vegan cheese, 
a vegan like sandwich sauce, you know, that's very similar, I think, to the Big, Big Mac. Yes. <laughs> and they basically quote, like normalized this like vegan burger at McDonald's. So anyways, they launched this like in Texas and uh, several other States. And according to reports, people really, really liked it. And so they plan on launching it nationwide. Nice. <laughs> I mean, what an indication that this behemoth, like McDonald's that I, I think it says that on all of their signs and stuff, how many burgers they sell per year or something. It's just the, a crazy amount. And the fact that that is their, you know, the Big Mac, that's their bread and butter that they would offer an option like this that just shows that, you know, things are shifting. And usually if the big guy is making changes, the little guy usually follows suit. They want to get on that gravy train too, that vegan gravy train. <laughs> <laughs> So I just think kind of like uh, when Burger King a couple of years ago, when they introduced the impossible burger, no one's saying like live off the impossible burger or whatever. But if someone invites me to go to lunch to Burger King, I can feel like I can go and I have an option that's not a salad or that's not a glass of water <laughs> uh, that, you know, I have an option too. It, again, it's just having those options, those alternatives that makes everybody feel like they're included. Inclusion makes people feel good. It makes people feel like they're not on the outskirts, that they're, that they're normal too, right? So, you know, it doesn't feel good to feel like you're a burden. Oh, I can't get anything there. So, you know, can we go somewhere else? That can be hard for a lot of people. A lot of people that maybe they're not as confident or maybe they're shy or, or, or anybody, we all want to feel included. So, I think having these alternatives is a good, is a good shift. Yep. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too. It's like these companies are responding to consumer demand and it's making it easier for people like you and I, or people like yourself, you listening, be able to have these options at your fingertips to be able to go to a place like Burger King and not feel like, you know, you can't eat anything. It's not just that we will, that we're saying like, oh, McDonald's is now like the best place ever, right? It's the fact that things are shifting. So if something like McDonald's makes it normal to have a plant-based alternative, then that means other restaurants are going to be like, oh, we should probably have a plant-based alternative, right? Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm talking about mom and pops and chains and, you know, uh, really expensive restaurants. So when you're thinking about going out to eat, you know, we want to be able to, again, have those options where, you know, it's not just a salad. It's not just a portobello steak. That's usually like, oh, yeah. like big options. So again, it's just about having those alternatives available. So I am just loving the shift that we're seeing. And I can't wait to see the next couple of years. Cause if I look, if you really take the time to look back and see where we were three years ago to now, it's like, oh my gosh, we have so much more. So now thinking three years ahead, it's so exciting of what's, what's to come. If you're starting your transition, maybe this month, then you're starting at a good time. Cause there are a lot of options out there. 
(laughs) which is, I guess could be good or bad. It can be overwhelming as well. (laughs) Well, if there's a trend that you want to see or an idea or a trend that you've seen, definitely tag us on Instagram. Uh, You can screenshot this, uh, your, your screen, your, this podcast and tag us on Instagram. Cause I'd be curious to see and hear too, like what else people want to see or what they're excited about or what they've read about. Cause there's a lot of different trends happening, which is, is really cool. And I think, you know, just talking about predictions and what's to come and talking about kind of consumer savviness. Like, I think just like everything, it kind of comes with a caveat, you know, this plant-based thing is now almost becoming trendy and it's going to be a marketing tool for people to, to utilize. So kind of thinking about that as a caveat to just make sure that you are, you know, regardless of what you eat, that you are a informed consumer. As we were doing research, Ashley, I were talking and I was at the, in the freezer aisle and they had these, these kind of new big green letters with like leaves, leaves in the logos, like plant-based meat, veggie cups or something like that. And if I hadn't been paying attention, I would have put it in my cart, but in little letters at the bottom, it was like made with real cheese (laughs) made with real egg. And like, they use that, you know, big green lights, like, oh, this is made with plant-based meat. So it must be fine. Uh, but if I hadn't been paying attention again, it would have gone in my car and I would have wasted six bucks or whatever. (laughs) So just make sure that you're, you know, regardless of what you eat, that we are being a smart consumer, that we're still paying attention to labels and we're still reading that fine print. So we don't get bamboozled. (laughs) It's true. And too, I like that you said that. And also to paying attention, being an informed consumer and paying attention and really listening to what feels best in your body as well, because we're all different. We all know our bodies best. Um, and it really is up to you to just decide on what you're putting into your body and what is best for your body, because no one can tell you what you should or shouldn't eat. It really is up to you. hundred <laughs> percent. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so grateful that you're here. Happy 2022. We hope you're having a marvelous January and we look forward to hearing if you have any predictions. We'd love to see them. All right. Happy new year. Happy new year. If you're looking for any extra support or guidance on your plant-based journey, my group coaching program starts on January 19th, 2022. It's 12 weeks long and we are going to have so much fun. I'm, I'm just so excited. When I've run this in the past, every single person who has participated has said that the community aspect of this group coaching program is, is the best part of it. So I cannot wait to get this group together and see what happens because marvelous things are going to happen. I just know it. Also too, there is the positively plant-based course. So if you're looking for something that's more at your own pace, self-guided, it's all virtual. You can absolutely do that as well. I've linked both of those below. So definitely check them out if you are interested. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. Happy new year to you. Thank you again for being here.